have E&E News' Jeffrey Tomich on this week's Renew Gurus. Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus, your source for all things energy, policy, and politics in Missouri and beyond. I am Executive Director of Renew Missouri, James Owen, coming to you live on tape from our palatial studios in downtown Columbia, Missouri. Joining us today, uh, because he wrote what I thought was an excellent summation of a controversy involving time of use rates in the Evergy service territory and the PSC decision for that, we have Jeffrey Tomich. Hey, Jeffrey, how are you? I'm great, James. Good to good to talk to you. Now you're at E and E News, but it is also it is kind of a Politico publication now, correct? Right. We were purchased by Politico about three years ago. Yeah. Um, and before, I, I don't know if it was before you were E&E News, but you had been at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, correct? Correct. Yeah. I've, so I've I've actually covered um, utilities in Missouri, although I don't focus exclusively on Missouri anymore. But um, <laughs> since, you know, the mid 2000s. Yeah. So because uh, I remember, like, I've heard that you would attend all of like the Ameren hearings, like in person and report on them. And- right. I attended my share. Not I wouldn't know, I wouldn't go so far as to say all of them. Okay. But, well, uh, it's certainly yeah. more coverage than they've got on them now. <laughs> it's yeah, it's tough in, in newspaper land, which yeah. is um you know, it's too bad. It is. I, I write a I write a column for the local Gannett paper, so I can tell you how hair raising that can be. <laughs> not not enough people to get into the weeds of of electric rate structures. That's true. And I think as we were saying off mic, it sometimes is a little um, dry for people. <laughs> to, say, to say the least, but, uh, but dry things can, can matter. Um, and and uh, we'll see if this is one of them. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, because it is like, I mean, literally, like everyone has to deal with electricity, they have to deal with utility bills. I think, um, John Kaufman once told me there was more money involved with utility policy than there was with tax policy in the country. I don't, I've never, had, I've never had that independently verified, but it sounds pretty good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so you wrote a column this week that um, I have been talking about a lot, uh, especially in the, the past few weeks. And you looked at this concept of time of use rates and how that, as, as particularly with what Evergy in Kansas City is about to do. Now, um, just, I, I don't know, like, I, you know, I, I, usually I've, I've got some energy person on here talking, but I mean, can you kind of give a quick summary of what a time of use rate is to begin? Sure. So um, I think the best place to start is sort of where we've been for the since the inception of the industry, which is electricity, you know, whenever you turn on the light switch, um, most of us are used to not thinking about, first of all, we have no idea what it costs, the the per unit measurement. We're used to, um, historically, electric rates have been mostly flat, um, and they've been very by season. But, you know, whether you flick on your air conditioner at three o'clock in the afternoon or three o'clock in the morning, it doesn't cost any different or very, right. very little difference. Right. The, the concept behind time of use rates and is, uh, I know people have heard of smart meters have been a thing, especially for the last 10 years or so in Missouri. Yep. 
Um, I got geeked out when, when mine went on and people in my neighborhood were looking at me like, you've got, you must find better, more, more things to do. Um, <laughs> but um, so these new digital meters that can record electricity use, you know, down to the, the second or whatever yeah. have made it possible to um, price electricity differently throughout the day. And as right. people like yourself know, in the industry, electricity the cost of electricity, the cost of power does vary quite significantly throughout the day um, with pr you know prices on a July afternoon when it's 96 degrees outside can be quite high. And then overnight, yeah. when no, one's, no one's got the, the appliances running uh, and the wind's blowing, it's pretty low. So what, what time of use rates are, they're an effort to sort of match um, the, the cost to the consumer with the cost of producing the energy on the grid. Right. So, yeah. and yeah, because these AMI meters, uh, they, they do make it a lot easier to measure that. And, uh, yeah, essentially like, I mean, like as an example, um, you know, three to three to six, four to eight, that's PM is generally like what we call these peak periods where a lot of people are using electricity. There are a lot of people using power because they're getting home uh they're turning on their dishwasher they've got their lights on they're watching wheel of fortune <laughs> they maybe have turned their air conditioner up because it's been they've, they've they've had an empty house all day and that tends to like put a lot of stress on the grid because everyone's using it at once um and so i think the and then you know and the idea is that um or, and we're going to get into like the specifics about why the Evergy one is so much different than others. But the idea is to try to maybe help people manage away their energy use from those peak periods. Is that safe to say? Right, right. And I guess the, the big picture behind this is, you know, there are, there are power plants out there that run like literally a handful of hours a year and may cost hundreds of millions of dollars. And if you can avoid building those, that can benefit everybody. So um, right. you know, using less energy at peak times is generally considered a good thing for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so that's, and, and, uh, so I think nobody disputes the, the logic behind these time varied electric rates. Um, but it's, I think the, the question is how do you make it work? Right. And so, and that's, I mean, that's, and that's kind of what the, the thrust of this, of, of, of the controversy here is. Okay. So Evergy, formerly KCPNL, uh, they have, in my opinion, they, they really kind of got on the ball with their AMI, with their smart meters. I think I read that 98% of their customers are on AMI right now, and they've been doing it for a while, uh, which is a lot. Um, so they're real, they're real keen on, on jumping into this. And um, I think, and so they kind of had this idea, they kind of had these different models and these different approaches, I think, in their last rate case. Okay, let me back up a little bit here. They had a rate case come in. Um, I think it was filed in late 2021, maybe early 2022, where they were seeking a rate increase, they were seeking to do a lot of things. And one of the things they proposed was some time of use rates. Um, some of them involved, you know, focusing on late night, um, 
weekend usage, I think they call that the max saver where as an ex another example here is like a lot of people are going to start getting electric vehicles. And so trying to encourage people to uh, charge that up, not when you get home, but maybe when you, before you go to bed. Um, so they had proposed this stuff. Um, then and I think and my, and we didn't really get, I mean, cause we Missouri was involved with that Ray case, but I think they were, I think Evergy was saying we want people to opt into this. Exactly. Right? That's, yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the big, uh, issue. That's, yeah. That's <laughs> because Amron, um, I believe you're, you're probably an Amron customer, right? Right. Right. Uh, so they can opt into, um, uh, time of use rates there. Um, Evergy was proposing the same thing, but I guess the PSC back in December when they made a ruling on this, they they went a little further and they said, well, we're going to require everyone in Evergy service territory to, to be a part of one of these. There's going to be these three that you can choose from. There's going to be this default one. Right. Right. Yeah. What's the problem <laughs> or what is the what is the problem that people have addressed about this default? Right. Yeah. So actually the first action by the first real action by the commission was in Ameren's 2020 rate case, or it was decided in 2020. Yeah. And the PSC at the time said, we're going to make that time of use rate the default rate for people so that mm. they have to, you know they can opt out if they want to. They can switch to another, the old fashioned style rate plan if they want to, but we're going to make that the default for everybody moving forward with right. who has smart, as, if they have a smart meter within six months or whatever, we're going to default them to. In fact, what surprised me was, and I, you know, like you, I follow this stuff pretty closely and I had no idea I'd been switched for a long time to a time <laughs> of these. But, but the reason was because the commission was like, okay, we're, I think they were a little fearful of doing too much too soon. So they made the price differential between peak and off peak very modest, like half a cent per kilowatt hour. So, right. I mean, most people probably still don't know that that a lot of people don't know that they've been switched. Mm -hmm. What happened with Evergy was the commission decided, um, you know, hey, we've we did this, we started this with Ameren, we've been deploying these smart meters. They've, you know, they've been out there for a long time. We need to sort of move the needle and. The, the the small differential between the peak and off-peak rate is not influencing consumer behavior at all. So we need to move the needle and make that differential between what you pay from three to six or whatever the Evergy hours are and the overnight hours. We need to make that a big differential so that people will not be doing their laundry at four o'clock in the afternoon when the grid is stressed. All right. So that's where they came in with this idea of a, a pretty significant differential like you know, four to one for a summer rate during the weekday. Right. Um, and so that that was the first big move. And then they subsequently followed that with um, Amarin's. It actually has a, a, an even more significant price differential that will take effect for some customers starting next spring. Right. Yeah. So there's a big, I mean, like I read some article, I don't think it was your article that was saying that if you aren't watching your your consumption uh, during this these peak hours under this Evergy default plan, you could your bill could potentially like the energy cost could quadruple. 
during that time. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, now let me let me let me say let me preface this by saying I mean Renew Missouri has always been in favor of time of use rates. We like them. We think that it encourages conservation. Uh, we think that you know trying to reduce stress on the grid is a good thing. Um, that's it is a big. I mean that is a big deal. <laughs> Uh, it is going, I mean, I think it is a little, it is, it is going to be, you know, this goes into effect, I think in October, right? Right. Starts taking effect in October. I think by the end of the year, all of their residential customers, unless they opt out and choose a different rate on their own, they will be put in the default rate, which is this pretty significant price differential. Yeah, which and then I will tell you uh, a couple weeks ago I was driving to Kansas and I saw going into Kansas City there was a lot of billboards that Evergy had had rented talking about this very thing. Be right. ready for this, you know. Right. Read up on this, um, and I think uh, you know they've been trying to educate people about it. Um, but what seemingly. <laughs> What where this where there's a controversy it kind of came into my mind because I will tell you like yeah we were following it we were watching it our big thing with the rate case was Evergy was saying um, solar customers could not participate in time of use rates uh, which we said violated the law and um, I'm we're not saying like solar customers should do it I just think we want the option of it and so now Evergy has to study it they they agreed to do that as part of right. a settlement with us. Which is great. Um, we would love to see how that's going to work with solar and with electric vehicles and and everything else. So we weren't really. I mean, we weren't like we weren't real deep into arguing about all this other stuff. But it did get the attention. I think all this education did get the attention of the Senate Majority Leader Cindy O'Loughlin, who is she is she's very fierce with her opinions on things. Um, she doesn't like renewable energy. I can tell you that as an example. She came, she was very disturbed by this. Uh, she wrote on Facebook that uh, this was a woke policy that the Public <laughs> Service Commission had enacted that was there to help renewables. It's which, the first time I've ever heard of the PSC, Missouri PSC, being just accused of being woke, but I, I think if you look at Scott Roop, Glenn Kolkmeyer, Kayla Hahn, I don't think woke when I see those three. <laughs> um, and certainly when chairman at the time of this decision, chairman Ryan Sylvia on there, I don't think of him as being particularly woke right. either, considering he went to Bob Jones University. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think woke kind of is just a word that people who don't like something, that's right. the phrase they use. Um, now, I don't know, in your investigation or research on this, I mean, you is there anything like directly tying renewables to time of use rates? I got to ask that question first. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so at all. I think, you know, I, I interviewed uh, Chairman Roop about this, and I know he's been the loudest voice on this issue. In fact, back in the 2020 Ameren case, he had argued for a bigger price differential saying, you know, like, you know, not having a having this half cent or quarter cent a kilowatt hour, no one, it's not going to move the needle. It's not going to make a difference. And he was right. It didn't. Um, right. So, um, you know, he's 
he's probably the, the biggest advocate of this. And, um, you know, I don't know him well, but we've, I've interviewed him on a number of occasions since he's he's been on the commission. And I do know he is um, he is somebody who believes what he believes. And he's mm-hmm. not, gonna, you know, he was one of those uh, those uh, Missouri Republicans, those few who was really um, an advocate for renewable energy. Yeah. Early, early on. And yeah. Uh, um, so I think um, he's great. I think he's great. And I think he's, I, I think he's, I mean, I think he's, I mean, like if you want time of use rates to work, I mean, this is, I mean, what they've proposed is very bold, very ambitious. I think, you know, the phrase has been used, it's aggressive. Right. Um, but I do, I mean, like, but we do have a lot of strain on the grid, on the grid. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Um, now maybe because and the other thing I, I think about, um, because I don't know, you know, you're you're an objective guy. I look at like let's say the weather right now. I look at the fact that it's really hot outside. It's really dry. We've had instances in the past couple of winters where, if it's not just like spring outside, it's negative thirty five degrees right. for five days. Right. Uh, what I'm saying is like you know, with all this extreme weather, we're going to have more strain on the grid. Right, and we're retiring a lot of you know, older fossil plants and there's all sorts of interconnection problems, getting enough renewables built fast enough. Yeah. So yeah, MISOs, their reserve margins are, are have, you know, if you look at the big picture, they've, they're up a little bit this year, but they have been dwindling a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. I and mean, so I have to think like, I mean, is it, it, do you think that there needs, I mean, or, I mean, do you think, I mean, you talked to chairman Roop, I mean, is it that he thinks that, you know, this bold, move must be made as a as a prepared to prepare it's not necessarily reflective of what maybe the current situation is but like this is to address what could be worse later right so i think that's certainly part i mean he obviously this is an issue that's important to him and i know he's he's uh believes in the ability of um you know consumer behavior to reduce peak demand and, and the be- the bigger benefits of that to the power grid. Mm-hmm. But um, what he emphasized when I spoke to him was this idea of, cust- of having con- consumers having control over their bills. And right. in a, in a rate, rate regulated in a fully regulated state like Missouri, you know, you don't get to choose your electricity supplier. Um, no. you, relatively, you know, you can turn things on and off in your house, but you have relatively little control. And the idea is that, um, you know, with these rates, uh, and, you know, what's interesting to me is if you look at Ameren's website, and I I think it's the Smart Saver program, which will be the new default. Yes. Forward. Yes. On their website, they say, you know, this is the ideal rate for people with smart thermostats and maybe EVs, you know. So, you know, if you have a smart thermostat and you can program it, and you have a smart appliances and maybe you have an EV, you know, this is kind of a no-brainer for you where, you know, the the rub is if um, if maybe you work nights and weekends and you're at home during the afternoon in July when it's 97 outside right. and you're cranking your air conditioner during those peak hours, um, that can be a problem. Now, I know I, I asked the chairman about this and about the the concerns from the consumer advocates. And I mean, the caveat is that yes, people can 
opt into a rate plan that better fits their their usage and their lifestyle. But it hinges on the consumer knowing that and being aware of that option. And so all of this, as I wrote in that story, the focus is all of this puts a lot of pressure on the utilities to make people aware. And that's sort of sure. where this the crux of this is. Yeah, but, you know, um, you know, but it seems to me that with the utility, like they have a big marketing budget, they have, they're constantly sending you emails or constantly sending you stuff in the mail. I mean, yeah, I mean, I understand people like get their bill and they're like, oh, this son of a blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I can't believe I got to pay the ding, ding, dang thing. And, you know, and that's what they they focus on. But, you know, there's a lot in those in, in those material, which I, I think is germane to customers. And um, and I also don't really remember. And I maybe it's just because uh, during the uh, Evergy talks, I just had a kid. Um, and so I was kind of out a little bit. I don't remember the consumer groups really being that upset about this. Yeah, they you know, they did not. You know, I, you know, they didn't, I didn't see a lot of concern raised. I mean, I know Consumers Council um, sort of raised the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, what I find interesting about this whole thing is that the utilities did not want this. And I know it's not unprecedented, but it's kind of rare for commission to, to say you're going to do yeah. this when it's something they didn't ask for. In fact, if you look at Ameren's rate case, when they filed their last brief before the issue was decided, they were kind of like, we don't want this um, for the very reasons we're talking about. And uh-huh. if you go back to the Evergy rate case, uh, Commissioner Holzman voted against the rate, the entire rate case because of this particular issue. And he expressed the exact concerns that um, the consumer advocates were pointing out about people who either don't pay attention or don't have a choice. They don't have an option to shift their usage. And, you know, I mean, for us, you know, we understand peak rates and off peak rates and super off peak and all these different things, but this is a a big learning curve for for the average person. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know people who are pretty sophisticated who are like, what am I supposed to do with this? And um, yeah, but I mean, I I keep going back to the whole, like, well, we got to do something. I mean, and that's like where, I kind of come in and I guess my other thing, and this is kind of beside the point of, of the of time of use thing, but like hearing a lawmaker get upset about how the utilities deal with their rates is a little hard for me to, 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 to process without thinking about the fact that over the past five or six years, the legislature has done, and I mean, probably more so in the past 20 years, has done more like so much to undermine the PSC's ability to actually regulate rates. Right. You know, like we've got, like there was this big bill five years ago that introduced this new accounting system that was just made permanent last year or maybe two sessions ago. Um, And it really takes a lot of authority out of the hands of the PSC. We have these ISRISs that the water and gas companies have that you know like spire applies for or had applied for every six months that basically was you know that didn't really require the scrutiny of a rate case i just it is hard for me to fathom everyone being worried about this when they have literally just let the psc just go completely um not neutered 
And I know like I probably shouldn't use phrases like that, but it, it is they've been weakened a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is a, a you know, I follow about 10 states and I, I feel like this is a theme everywhere where the, <laughs> you know, the, the, the legislature, you know, it's easy to sort of scapegoat the PSC when something goes wrong or rates yeah. go up or whatever, if there's a, if there's a rolling outage somewhere, but, yeah. but then, you know, they, they are kind of hamstrung as far as, you know, their ability to, to, to do things from a, from a policy perspective. Mm-hmm. And not to mention the fact that the legislature has also weakened the budget for the public counsel's office, my old job. Um, I don't agree with them on a lot of things these days, but I certainly do believe they need to be a strong voice in that process. And they just aren't as much as they were. And um, I think that those things to me are worse than this. (laughs) In my just that's my opinion. I mean, that's not the opinion of E&E News or Politico or anything like that. That's my opinion. Um, And so I'm, you know, I'm I'm sitting here and now I'm hearing all these people saying, like, what's going to happen in the legislative session this year with this? And I'm like, you know, it, it would be I mean, not that it would be a shock that we would have like a, a double-sided approach to this, but like given like the the free that's been allowed over this over a period of time, and now to say that we're going to put our foot down about this, yeah, is hard for me to it is hard for me to imagine, but I suspect that is what's going to happen. Well, yeah, and Evergy kind of going back to where you started, Evergy is going to be the test case for this because, you know, Ameren's kind of, they get to sort of implement this on a rolling basis over many years, whereas Evergy right. sort of like, okay, everybody in at one time. And, you know, I spent some time <laughs> on the phone with, with their people and, um, you know, it has their attention. <laughs> Let me put it that way. That's why they, because, you know, if this doesn't go well, you know, there, people are going to blame them, even though sure. this is like we didn't ask for this. Um, right. So, uh, you know, I'll be really curious to see um, how many people uh, opt out of this. You know, what kind of blowback there is, because I mean, it goes without saying, people are going to get some bills. And I don't know. I'm not familiar enough with with their service area. How many people are on like like electric space heat? But you know, right. if you get switched over in December, you have a a really cold spell and you're blasting your uh you're, you're running the heat full time and you get this bill in the mail that's you know astronomical um you know that's the scenario you don't want yeah and i mean you know and i know that there is also this big i mean like i just had an email from somebody yesterday i won't uh they were like well we just switched over to like all electric appliances away from gas gas is you know cheaper but worse for the environment now like what are we going to do? Like, uh, <laughs> like right. now we got all this, like, we're going to be running this stuff, which is, you know, it's also a goal of our organization. We are, we're a big fan of electrification. Yeah. Um, and you're like, mm, yeah, well that, yeah, it is going to be, yeah. it is, it was always going to be more expensive to switch away from gas. Right. Right. Um, right. Yeah. I just, I suspect people, those people who may not pay attention, I mean, there'll be instances where people get a big bill and they're like, you know, wow, I need to check out what's going on. They figure it out. Then they maybe switch a rate plan. But I think the real concern is around, you know, really people living on the margins who are just scraping by. And, right. You know, they, 
they may not go in to try to drill down and find, they may just get a big bill in the mail and say, oh my God, you know, I've got to use, I, I can't run my heater, or my air conditioning as much. Um, and we've seen examples of that even before um, time of use rates where there's a senior citizen who lives in a, you know, small brick home in, in St. Louis or Kansas City and they're afraid to use their air conditioning during a heat wave because they can't, you know, they're on fixed income. And that's the people I think where, uh, you know, a lot of the consumer advocates are really concerned. And as they should be, I mean, there's also the concern people who run medical equipment in their house. They can't like, Oh, we're going to adjust this during peak period. <laughs> right. In fact, California, I was looking around and Oh my God, if you want to, if you want dizzying uh, selection of, they have like so many time of use rate options, but they do have, I know some of the big utilities in California do have a medical device time of use rate where oh. you get, uh, uh, I don't know if there's a discount or a credit involved. That's but, interesting. Um, yeah. So, you know, they've been at it a while, but what struck me about this from Missouri's standpoint is, you know, Missouri is not exactly a trailblazer on energy policy. And believe me, I know. <laughs> But, you know, I talk to people about what Aunt Missouri's doing. I talk to people in California and they're like, oh, my God, you know, that's way beyond what we've ever done. And I'm kind of like, wow. Uh, I'll tell you, I don't think even the weight of it was it occurred to me when I was reading it. Like, I don't even think it like hit me like, oh, my gosh, this is a big this is a big step. Like, this is a big swing. Like someone in Hawaii mentioned to me that there's a proposal there to go to like a it's a it's kind of a three to two to one so it's a three to one peak to off peak, mm-hmm. and it's, it's you know super controversial in in Hawaii which is you know they're trying to integrate a lot of solar, um, and so um, it, you know to go to four to one or five to one differential is is pretty significant. It'll I mean I, I guarantee you a lot of people are watching Missouri to see how this goes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I, I don't know if like anyone's going to like try to file something to, to back out of this or, or anything, yeah. um, you know, because I, I think there is there is a I mean, and it could be just one of these things where um, it, the this the controversy goes away. But I think given that this is unveiling in October, two months before the legislature starts filing bills. Right um there's going to be i mean there's going to be some i mean i suspect um i suspect there is going to be some some horror stories that emerge out of this Uh, yeah they're hopefully they're they're minimal but i hope so too but because i mean i've I've always kind of you know like when ProPublica did this thing about the pace program and you know the reporter was like look at all these bad things that happen i'm like well look bad things happen to people like with mortgages and with credit cards. And, um, you know, I haven't noticed anybody like having any big exposés about those, but you mean, yeah, there's a lot, I mean, there are a lot of people who are, who yes, are one financial problem or issue away from just being completely ruined. Um, and utility bills are getting higher um, we have a lot of arrearages that we were trying to manage from COVID. Um, we, we, you know, Renew Missouri spent a lot of time trying to like get relief programs for those because we didn't really have any rate cases that were going on at the time. So we kind of right. shifted our focus a bit for, for a while there. And so there is like, um, I mean, I, I think that people are going to see some real 
I mean, there's going to be some shocking things and, and not to say that those aren't important, but I think uh, I also, I hope, I really hope that this program is overly, like I think overall can do some good, I hope. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's, the other aspect of this is that um, it, it is such a complex issue. And as we saw with yeah. the, uh, I, I listened to your your last episode on the right of first refusal issue. And and that too, I mean, once you politicize these things, yeah, um, it doesn't really help with the uh, the discourse. I mean, that's that's the case for like, leave this stuff to the to the commission and um, yeah. you can have a, a better discussion about what the impacts are then once 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 it becomes about you know woke this and and that um you don't usually get good outcomes well i think because i reacted pretty poorly to that phrasing because i was like what is this like what does that even mean like this is a republican majority commission um and i i just and 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 like trying to blame renewables on it um just i think showed that there was not a a deep dive into um the specifics of this <laughs> right right for sure from from the i mean like i understand i always like try to tell people lawmakers have a lot of issues on their plate the budget is always like the first and foremost thing and that's really complicated plus there's all these social issues and and then they eventually might think about utility stuff right but still i think trying to fit it into a culture war thing Oh my gosh. I just sat there and I thought, if this is how this is going to go, then right. maybe I should like go to India for a couple of months. Right, just right. Well, yeah, not there's, be there's, part of it. there's plenty to discuss on this, but I don't think poli- this is one area where I don't think uh, it's, it's a, this is not a political issue, or at least it hasn't been. Right. Um, hopefully, hopefully it won't become that because, um, you know, I think, you know, if we can get this right eventually, um, there are there are benefits for everybody. Everyone will be better off, but it's just oh, yeah. you know, how do you get from point A to point B? Yeah, and it's going to take a little bit of modification and work on that. And um, I don't know if like yeah, the the political if being brought into politics and yeah, that never makes. There's no nuance in that, right? Um, now, somebody once told me, and I I don't know. You've been you've been working around this world longer than me. That before Noranda, that there wasn't as much politics around energy as as there is now. That sounds maybe like like nostalgia brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, since my time, I mean, you know, we have these recurring issues about construction work in progress, and ah. um, uh, you know, the utilities <laughs> the utilities drive the agenda with the exception being, you know, there was the renewable energy standard, which was a ballot initiative, but um, ran by renew Missouri. Right. That's right. (laughs) Um, And now what we're well past. Oh yeah. uh, That's probably. I I can tell you, (laughs) I think I've talked about this publicly, like about every cycle up until about the last election cycle, we have always been engaged with various parties about, doing that changing it i i think there's a sense now that like um like with the inflation reduction act and some of these other things that uh we it's not as needed but then it it does pop up every once in a while and i'm like man if we only had a new renewable energy standard we wouldn't have to make this goofy argument like on on um some wind farm that evergy was trying to purchase that oh, right 
which which they got dinged on by the commission. Um, you know, the woke commission wouldn't require their shareholders to, to help purchase this. And they basically canceled the deal. <laughs> right. Um, and um, so, yeah, the, the renewable energy standard is like very much like it's kind of like, yeah, we've already done it. I don't know if it'll ever get touched again. I don't know. Um, yeah. well, I guess I, I'm saying I don't know. I guess I'm the one that they would go to about that. But it doesn't seem like it's going to happen, I don't think. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're going to follow in the footsteps of uh, Minnesota and Illinois and now Michigan uh, at <laughs> 100% renewable or clean you know, carbon-free electric standard by whatever 2040. I, I just don't think that's going to fly. I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's going to work here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, cause every time we did look at one, it wasn't even a hundred percent. It was like 60 or, I mean, which is still like, I mean, yeah, that's a lot, but you know, I mean, that's not exactly like, right. it's not, that's not exactly ambitious. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jeffrey, I'm gonna I'm gonna link um, I'm gonna link this article to this email that we send out. But is, uh, do you have any other stories coming up? Anything we should be watching? Anything that's on your radar? Oh, you know, um, and n- nothing nothing Missouri specific, but uh, it's a it's a pretty fascinating time right now and um, in the industry. So uh, you know, even states like Missouri, or I think you know, I think of Indiana being a good comparison. I mean, the the amount of change happening in these states is just is mind blowing. Because I I think back to those debates about you know, oh my God, we're going to do fifteen percent renewable energy, the sky is going to fall. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> that didn't didn't happen. No, um, no, no. It almost almost makes you wonder what some of these other predictions are going to turn out to be like. <laughs> right, right. So, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, uh, we'll see how Evergy does and and what happens over in, in Kansas City uh, by the end of the year and what the fallout is. Yeah, stay tuned, as they say. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, well, Jeffrey, I could, I could, I could, I, I think you are a wealth of of knowledge and information <laughs> on this. I'd love to talk to you more. Maybe we'll get you back on here. Uh, Jeffrey Tomic uh, with E&E News by Politico. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. And thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe to us on any major podcast platform. (sighs) Say that a couple of times fast. Leave a review. Share on your social media platforms. On behalf of Renew Missouri, this is James Owen wishing you a pleasant day and an even more wonderful tomorrow. Take care.